Hello, and welcome to Liberate Your Soul, a podcast designed to quiet the inner imposter, awaken you to truths known within all of us, so that you can discover your purpose, heal heart wounds, and find where you fit in to feel whole and allow you to make positive, lasting impact on the world. I'm your host, Kelly Pierce, a certified business and personal coach. I help top performers find their authentic selves in order to come from a confident decision-making place. As a fellow seeker, I have found that liberating the soul enables anyone to transition from anxiety to acceptance. It is my hope to provide you with inspiration and tools to help you feel confident, joyful, and loved. To learn more or to connect with me, go to www.quantumhighways.com. I am so, so grateful that you are with me. And today I'm going to talk about a supernatural experience. Now, at the time, I didn't realize that it was supernatural. I just realized that it was a natural experience that was happening that at the time, now mind you, I was grieving. I was really, really upset and I was kind of blinded. And if you've ever gone through a period of your time, a period of loss or changing circumstances and um, things were you know, kind of like shock and denial and fear and all these things that are happening, you recognize, or maybe you have the perspective now that reality kind of shifts a little bit when you're going through changes, when you're going through, um, grief. And we'll get into the, the technicalities of it later on, but for now, I want to let you know what was happening. So my Oma and Opa, which is German for grandma and grandpa, they passed away. Um, let's see at the time of this recording, it's 2020. So they passed away in 2008 and then 2012, maybe 2013, respectively. And um, forgive me, but my sense of time is all messed up because I've been through the ringer when it comes to grief and trauma and all of that. If you've been there, raise your hand. I feel you. So <clears throat> when it comes to grief and trauma, the, the mind's perception of time can be really mixed up. So I just want to honor that. But at the time, my Oma and Opa were being interred into the earth, and we were at a military installation uh, where they bury um, the military families, and it's usually just the husband and wife that can be buried together. And my Opa served in two wars. He served in the Korean War and in World War II, and so... Um, he was a veteran and was able to be buried there. So we were up in Northern California where I uh, lived for quite some time. I'm not originally from there, but uh, originally from Southern California, I digress. And we were 
there as a family, my, my father and, uh, my aunt and a couple of cousins, my sister and, um, my uncle. And so, you know, not the whole family could be there, but, but several of us were, and I was grieving hard. It was so challenging for me to embrace this new reality. And that's really where grief hits us, right? Is, is this new reality of life without our loved ones. And I, I couldn't stop crying. I just could not stop. I was sobbing. And to this day, you know, grief is like an ocean. We can, um, have calm seas one day and something can just hit us like a storm and then it just washes over us and, you know, the ship can be somewhat smooth but um, threatened to, to capsize. So there we were, um, me sobbing unrelentingly, um, everyone doing their best to get this this woman tissues. And, um, my little sister was crying quite a lot as well. Um, but there were thousands of birds flying. And I don't mean, you know, a few blackbirds because there were trees in Northern California, which is you know, ordinary because there's orchards. We're at a military base, um, or military, um, memorial grounds. And so there weren't that many trees. There were grave sites and they were just flying everywhere. And it was just astounding. And on some levels through my grief and through my pain, I was registering that the sky was just filled with these birds. It wasn't Alfred Hitchcock, like, you know, his crazy movie, The Birds. If you guys are in a certain generation, you know, Alfred Hitchcock was a a horror movie producer back in the 60s or 50s even. I don't know. It was black and white, but it was just wild. And I was just astonished on the inside. And I don't know if you know this, but I I studied the Enneagram, which is spelled E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. And I'm at Enneagram type seven, the enthusiast. And normally I'm like, oh, full of joy and laughter and happiness and la la la. But I can have several trains of thoughts at once. And I'm the true multitasker of the Enneagram. So I was on one level thinking and pondering this blackbird phenomena that was going on. And at another level, like totally trying to focus on the priest who was giving the the blessing ceremony. Uh, My Oma was very Catholic. Um, Opa was not. He drove her to church, bless him every Saturday night and sat in the church parking lot and smoked cigarette after cigarette. Um, but I, I just 
I couldn't get over how many birds there were. So it was really quite supernatural. And upon reflection, I have a couple of experiences to draw from. Now, you may see feathers that fall and they may be from heaven, right? Someone saying they think of you. And I think of a time when my mom, she asked me, Kelly, what do you think about when you think of birds? And I was in my early 20s when she asked me this, and I was like, they're food, because I had cats that would catch birds and bring them to me, like presents, you know, bringing the the dead to come cook, cook up some food, mom, we're going to have some dinner. And she's like, oh, okay. But we had had a conversation after this event, and she said, Kelly, do you remember me talking to you about the birds? And I said, no. (laughs) And she reminded me of that conversation, and I was like, oh, what a little snot I was, huh? She said, yeah, kind of, and I said, I'm sorry, Mom. And she said, that's okay. And she said, I, I was really wanting to talk to you about something. And I, and I said, well, let's talk about it. So she started to talk to me and she said, well, birds are really significant to me. And I said, really? And she said, yeah. And she said, anytime that I feel unsure about something or if I'm taking leave of travel or getting ready to go somewhere. She said, if I see a bird, I feel reassured. I just get this sense of peace and calming that come over me. Now, her maiden name is Wren, which is the name of a bird. And um, it was my grandfather on, on that side of the family's name. And it really, you know, birds are integral in our family because he also had a bluebird tattoo. And I put this together when I really, in my mind, think about how many thousands of birds there were present at the funeral, or rather, you know, burial of my late Oma and Opa. And I don't know truly if they were reassurances. You know, I wish there was in some selfish way a a video camera to have captured that experience. But in my mind, I have a video camera so I can go back and replay it. But I, I, I almost feel like they were more spirits and signs of homages or paying respects. They were like saying these lives impacted us. These lives of of Mitch and Dennis her real name was Albertina these lives of Albertina and Dennis, they, they really touched us. They really, 
they really had an impact on this earth and were accepting them. So now, now that I'm older, I'm not 20 anymore. <laughs> um, I just reached a, a milestone in my life as it is um, the decade of the earth. I reached a new decade in my life. I'm 40. But I look at birds and I hear them. I mean, I've always loved the sound of a bird. And I've actually had a mockingjay here, or mockingbird rather, um, <laughs> Hunger Games, <laughs> mockingbird, like save my life from a snake that when I was jogging and it was like attacking the snake from my path, it was really cool. And just ever since those experiences happened, I've really viewed things in such a different perspective. And so when I look back at those times and I look at the grieving process and I look at the acceptance and I look at really putting it all together, they were reassurances, they were symbols, they were significant. And to me, it was such a turning point. And as I integrate all of it together, you know, there's so many mysteries in this life that we just cannot possibly understand so much that we just accept on faith and we can't change it. We can't change our termination of life, right? And so something else that has occurred to me and that has been gifted to me is the knowledge of death as not a separation from the living, but rather a liberation from limitation of this lifetime. While we're here in this physical body, you know, last time we talked, we just briefly spoke about eternity mindset and having souls and egos and spirits. But while we're here in this lifetime, we have bodies and we have this physicality. And if we're lucky, we get to my age and we start having arthritis pains and we start having, you know, breakdowns of... Um, certain things we used to take for granted, like um, our eyesight or our hearing or our ability to play on a trampoline for six hours and um, not have any painful repercussions the next day. And when we're dead, we don't have any of those limitations. The energy that is us, that is our soul, that gives us spark of life, is free. It's free to move about and dance and weave in and out darting birds and dance in the sunlight on trees and water those trees with rain. It's so beautiful to think about energy. And I myself, as a 
a spiritual practitioner and uh, energy student, I guess you will. I've always had uh, some gifts that I've been able to um, see and understand that there's a universal energy field to everything, that everything in this earth is made of energy. And there's, you know, obviously in science, there's molecules and atoms and cellular structures to things, but they all vibrate and they all transmit and emit signals. And they all, everything, the rocks and the dirt and the sticks and the grass and the birds and your dog and my cat and everything emits and transmits signals. When you think about whales in the ocean and those um, sonic waves that they communicate with, they're beyond the range of our hearing. Dolphins, same. Yet they're so intelligent. They're so magnificent. They communicate with each other. We can't hear it. We can't see it, but it exists. It's the same with these beautiful, lovely energy fields that exist on this earth and beyond it. And while we're living, we can't possibly see it, understand it, It's not something tangible, but we get little glimpses when supernatural events happen. And when those neat little coincidences and tiny little things add up and our logical minds, they put them together, we can say, whoa, wait a minute. (laughs) But then when we have the heart feelings and we have the, the sensations and something magical really does happen and we just know it, it's a soul knowing we're just quiet and we're just still and we sense it. That's when eternity sinks in. That's when we know that we're part of everything and that everything is a part of us and that our little spot in the universe, when we're dealing with the temporal, the, the little, you know, magnitude of years, whatever it is, insert arbitrary number here, it it means something. It's significant. There's a reason I hope that no matter what it is that you're going through, whatever struggles that you have or had, whatever grieving that you've done, or maybe you haven't grieved, but you understand that this too shall pass. It's temporary. And that what remains is the love funny thing about grief and pain. There's so many emotions wrapped up in it. The amount of pain that we feel is in direct proportion to the amount of joy that was spent with that person to the amount of energy and attention and focus and hope 
that was wrapped up in the relationship with the person or pet or even job or marriage. Grief isn't limited just to death. At the time of the loss, the culmination point of the loss of my grandparents, I was grieving a lot of things. I had lost two of my, well, one of my long-term companions, but one was just about to go. He was 18 and a half years old, my cat. And the other one I had just lost. And um, it was hard, you know? There's a study that was done. Um, people grieve losing their pets more than family members that they don't live with. And I was grieving more than just my grandparents. I was grieving the lost time with them because I had put a corporate career ahead of them, ahead of time with them, not ahead of them, but my job had demanded me work so many hours that I had put off taking a vacation for like five years. And so I was feeling guilty. I was feeling ashamed. And it hurt. It was hard. And it still is hard if I go back to that place. But when I think about the freedom, and I think about the liberation, and I think about the ability to be everywhere, and to be everything, and to be eternal, It makes me really happy. And I think about those birds every day. I live in South Florida. And the birds here are ridiculously loud. I don't know about where you live, but in the morning, they sing about breakfast And in the evening, they sing about dinner. (laughs) It is so much fun to listen and to be thankful. It's being thankful that has gotten me so far in life and allowed me those years to uh, be with my grandparents when they were alive and honor their memories. And even when things were tough in my growing up years and even throughout my adult life, it was leaning into the gratitude and the thankfulness that got me through the hardest times. So I hope that no matter what you're going through right now, that you can look around and Find something, whether it's your favorite pen, your favorite pet, or just the sunlight shining down outside the window that gives you hope and makes you smile. We'll talk to you soon.